Hi, I'm James Jacobson. And I'm Pamela Lawrence. On today's edition of Dog Edition, we talk about the addition of a dog to your family through fostering an animal in need. So we asked someone who does a lot of dog fostering, pet rescue pioneer Larissa Wall. Although you might know her from Hallmark Channel's morning show, Home and Family. I have the best job ever. And when you see me on camera, usually I'm playing with puppies or a senior dog. You know, we cover everything, pit bulls, senior dogs, babies. But people don't realize that Having an animal on camera is very tricky. Larissa shares a funny behind the scenes story with us. That's all in the first half of the show. In the second half, we were supposed to have a taste test Mm -hmm. of the new Ben & Jerry's doggy dessert, but (laughs) you know where Ben & Jerry's is headquartered, right? I do, and that's why we don't. They're headquartered in Vermont, (laughs) and Vermont has had a ton of snow this last week, so deliveries were delayed. But I promise we will do our absolute best to make sure that on next edition of Dog Edition, we have a taste test for these delicious doggy ice cream treats. Yes. But of course, you know, we did have a backup plan. Of course. Wendy Mitchell, author of Citizen Canine, which is a book about the history of dogs in the movies. An amazing book. Shares stories about some of our favorite star pooches. I call them canine actors. There's not necessarily an industry term. But before we get into those stories, in the last episode, we asked you to tell us the one thing you wish was invented for your dog. So, Jim, did we get any calls? We did. We got a few, actually. But uh, I want to play one from Keith in Kansas City, who has a nose (laughs) for invention Uh and sniffed out a solution to a sometimes smelly problem. Oh boy. Something that hasn't been invented, but I would really appreciate uh, since I have uh, two Boston Terriers, very gassy Boston Terriers, is some type of charcoal activated or smell absorbing dog diaper or dog blanket. You get the drift. Thanks so much, Jim. Well, what do you think? Is he onto something? Gassy Boston Terriers. I think I think you can see where the motivation for his idea came up with and came from. And yeah, I think it's actually a really good idea. Is it? Uh, we should do like a bark tank. We should do something where we like have all these big investors and come up with it. But um, I think there could be something there. Although I have no idea what the dogs would think. Well, I'm gonna say my own opinion is that I would like to reserve the option to. Blame it on the dog. So I think this idea uh-huh. stinks. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. <laughs> Thanks for playing along, Keith. I promise I will not, you know, be negative about every idea. Every idea. Poo-poo every idea. I will, not, I will not poo-poo every idea. Thank you for the thank you for the pun. <laughs> you can count on me for that. So yeah, later on in the show, we're going to have another question for you and information on how to call in and share your thoughts. And I promise we will be kind. <laughs> <laughs> but first, if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? We have some good news that's come out of the pandemic, maybe. Animal shelters around the country have reported an uptick in people fostering dogs. And that means some more dogs will get adopted, which of course is a silver lining. I had the chance to speak with someone who has dedicated a good part of her life to the pet 
rescue movement. Her name is Larissa Wall. She's a pet rescue expert who can be seen every day as the host of Hallmark Channel's Adoption Ever After, which is an initiative that the network's morning show, Home and Family, has been doing for a while. I think she must have the world's best job. So every day she gets to showcase, and by that I mean play with, two, (laughs) I know, how great does that sound? Two adoptable animals on her show. And these animals come from all over the United States. This little guy, this is Riley, and he loves to give kisses. And look at his cute tongue and those floppy ears. Through Larissa's on and off camera efforts, she's helped thousands of animals find their forever homes. And she has three dogs at home that came to her as fosters, Muppet, Maple, and a pink-nosed cutie named Piggly. And she is also a Maltipoo who was owned at some point, and supposedly the owners were not doing a great job, and she was severely neglected, and a rescue took her in, and I said, I'll foster, and then that was the end of that. She never left. So, Jim, do you want to explain exactly what fostering a dog means for the dog, for the rescue organization, and for the family fostering? Sure. Fostering is basically you take the dog and you put it in your home. It's temporary. It's just to get it out of the shelter and you care for it and you acclimate it with your other dogs and it just has a better environment to live in. And of course, Adopting is when you take the dog and basically that is yours dog forever. However, a lot of people who begin fostering dogs end up like, oh, maybe I'll keep this one. I think Larissa is <laughs> one of those. I think so too. I think so. I think those are called foster fails, which sounds so negative, but <laughs> it I, sounds really bad, right? But it's great. But it's it's like really good. great for the dog. Yeah, I think so. Part of Larissa's mission is to educate people about those benefits of fostering animals. And she always knew her path would intersect with animal rescue work. I mean, I always was a rescuer. My mom was always bringing in stray animals and we were always stopping on the side of the road or, hey, we have nothing to do on a Saturday. Let's go to the local shelter and see who we can find. Over the years, she's brought a lot of dogs into her family. I would actually venture to say all of mine were technically ones I thought, okay, I'll foster and see, and then that was the end of it. But I do foster a lot that I give up now. I would imagine you'd get pretty attached to a dog that you were fostering, right? I mean, I think I would end up adopting too many. How about you? Well, yeah, I think I would get pretty uh, close to the dog, and I probably maybe one of those foster fails because I don't know if I could give up all those dogs. After all, this just another small mouth to feed. Larissa, however, shared her motivation behind giving her fosters over to their adoptive families, and it's important. I mean, now I've done it so many times that I know I'm going to fall in love, but I also know if I keep keeping them, I there's no space left to help anymore. So I have to remind myself if I keep four, five, six, I can't continue fostering. And to me, it's really important to have that space available to help rescues because sometimes They're desperate. And as we heard last week from Dr. Peter Rourke, who flies animal rescue transport missions, shelters and rescue groups are definitely desperate. So adopting and fostering is vital, but it's not without its challenges. It does come with moments where you're going, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? The dog just peed on the carpet. The dog chewed something up. The cat did this. But all in all, at the end of the day, when you see that animal evolve into 
a really happy animal that you know is now going to go make a family so, you know, happy and excited, it all those little things of kind of annoyance go by the wayside. <laughs> okay. So obviously, Larissa is a positive force in the pet rescue community. She's dedicated her professional and personal life to that cause. But just when I thought her day couldn't be more devoted to dogs and the people who love them, she goes and finds one more thing. This is awesome. And I highly recommend uh, starting one yourself. If anybody wants to join mine, great. But, you know, I, the more the merrier. What she's talking about is her book club. She started one back in November as a way to pass the time during the pandemic and connect with others who love animals too. There are so many great animal-related books. doesn't have to be only dogs. doesn't have to be only rescue. But a mixture of animal-themed stories, some that are heartwarming, some that are maybe, um, you know, nonfiction, who knows, and start a book club every month, do a different book. And so... I started it. The February book the group is reading is Atticus, A Woman's Journey with the World's Worst Behaved Dog by New York Times bestselling author Sawyer Bennett. In the past, Larissa has had authors join her and her book club members for a question and answer chat. This month, Sawyer Bennett visits the group on Thursday, February 25th. We'll put the links in today's show notes on how you can join Larissa's group. I'm curious what it would be like for her, uh, for anybody, to work with dogs on, you know, a loud, busy TV set with lots of lights and people scurrying about. I'm sure some dogs, you know, get nervous. Well, in our interview, we talked a little bit about it because I've actually appeared live on, on like news shows like CNN, places like that um, uh, with dogs. And it's tough. Um, I, I think there's always a level of unpredictability when you're working with animals. Larissa did share a funny behind the scenes story about that. We had one dog that came into the studio. We had just put down a new rug, um, like it was like a tweed rug. So it was kind of, you know, it could weather the storm of different animals coming and going. This dog decided that this rug just had a really good smell. It just sniffed around, stood up, and just peed on the, the almost the entire rug. The props team, came in and I'm going, oh, it needed, he needed a potty, whoops. They came in, they rolled the rug up, they threw it out, they had a second one handy, they put it down, the dog gets up, pees on the second rug. I mean, you couldn't make this up. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I think that's great. Dogs are fun on live sets, I can tell you. Uh, when I was doing this uh, book tour for a book I wrote, How to Meditate with Your Dog, I was in CNN Atlanta, CNN, Atlanta studios and this dog who they'd brought in for the interview um, started jumping and running around this giant newsroom you've seen this big <laughs> yes. you know, CNN Atlanta newsroom running around finally they count it uh, they put it on my lap we go three two one we're doing the interview and the dog is sort of moving around a little bit and like pops off my lavalier microphone and we have oh. to redo it and this is all on live TV you know it reminds me of that famous quote from W.C. Fields who said, never work with children or animals. They'll upstage you every time. And did you feel upstaged by that dog at CNN? I did feel a little <laughs> upstaged, but you know, dogs are always kind of more interesting than I am. Certainly a lot cuter. <laughs> well, I think that quote will become even more relevant when we get into our next segment. The cute one or the one from W.C. Fields? <laughs> W.C. Fields. 
I agree. <laughs> Stick around because after the break, we're going to explore all the glitz and glamour of Hollywood Hounds. Hollywood Hounds. You're listening to Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. The green, grassy, beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup, every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Jim, do you have a favorite movie with a dog in it? one i have to pick just one there are so many um i would actually have to choose a movie that i saw recently well when i think about recently it must have been a little bit more than longer ago than recent because i was on an airplane and i was watching this movie and tears were streaming down my oh cheeks my. and the flight attendant was like are you okay are you okay and i'm like yes it's just the movie <laughs> i was watching the art of racing in the rain oh. which is an amazing film it is highly recommended i like these these tear jerkers and on next week's episode we're going to talk to mark bombeck who is the screenwriter for that movie but what about you uh what movies do you like oh i uh i cannot watch movies with dogs in them at all i cannot i can't i just can't here's why so that is my dog pepper (laughs) and he absolutely cannot stand to see another dog on the screen kanga is the same way they just and horses too. You you know why? I actually I did a little research oh, on this. Oh, tell me. Here's why. Because in the old days, this didn't used to be a problem. But in the old days, we didn't have high definition television, and their eyes are just they really can't discern all of that movement in the old fashioned TVs that we grew up with. <laughs> but in high definition 4K and whatever you know fancy yeah. stuff we have, the dogs can see that, and that's where it becomes so distressing. 
Use, useless fact. We need those movie theaters to open back up after the pandemic fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I get it. I can see why people love a good heartfelt and sometimes, as you said, tear-inducing dog movie. Well, for anyone who has a favorite canine actor, there's a book now that chronicles 100 years of dogs in the movies. I recently spoke with the author, Wendy Mitchell. I wrote the book as a tribute to real dogs, real acting canines, and that's what I wanted to honor. See, now a book I can embrace. It won't make Pepper bark. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy's book is full of behind-the-scenes stories of movie shoots and industry tricks for getting movie star dogs to, you know, act. Of course, I think dogs have emotions. Um, And I do think sometimes you're really capturing those on screen. And sometimes they're just looking at a piece of meat. Like on the set of the movie Marmaduke, there's a scene where the dog needed to look at the humans in a direct line of sight. And here is how they did it. They would give the actors sunglasses with a little piece of meat. The meat was wrapped around the middle of the sunglasses and the dog looked longingly at it. I mean, talk about (laughs) your method acting. Imagine the, you know, emotion they could have evoked with that Lady Gaga, you know, her famous meat dress. Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) If they had all the actors in a meat dress. Oh, my God. Yes, I love that. I'm sure the dogs would go for that as well. Do you remember the movie um, Cujo back from, like I think, 1983? Oh, gosh, yes. that. So that was my first real introduction to anything Stephen King. And that movie terrified me as a kid, especially, do you remember this? Especially the scene where the dog is, like, frothing at the mouth and trying to get into the car. Well, now you can feel some sympathy for the St. Bernard that played Cujo in that scene. Hmm. You know, you have this huge St. Bernard and it looks like it's rabid and clawing to get into this car. And it was really because they had hidden its favorite toy in the car. Aww. Right? He just wanted his toy. He just wanted this toy. There's another secret that Wendy revealed about the 1943 movie, Lassie Come Home. Lassie was not a lassie. I thought that was an urban myth. Me too. The dog they originally cast as Lassie was not hitting its marks. It wasn't doing what the director had wanted, but there was a stunt dog on the set named Pal. So Pal was screen tested in that famous river scene from the movie. And Pal did it. And also, you know, they were shooting, I think, in the summer. And the male collies, the fur just looks nicer and thicker and more lustrous especially during the warmer months. So Powell got the job, and that is why Lassie was played by a laddie. (laughs) A laddie, you know, a guy. Trainers who worked with these canine actors know exactly how to bring out the best performance by letting them play out their own personalities. Wendy talks about a scene from the movie Marley and Me with one of the 22 canine actors who over the 13-year screen life of the dog play the role of Marley. Clyde was just really rambunctious. And they didn't try to get a calm dog to play rambunctious. They found a rambunctious dog and then let it practice tearing up old furniture and then told him, like, go for it. The trainers are really see these dogs as individuals. I'm sure the human actors who work so closely with their canine co-stars also see them as individuals. How can they not? I'm sure they develop a bond with them. Most actors really get attached 
to the dog they're starring with. In the case of the 1918 movie, A Dog's Life, it was heartbreakingly the other way around. Um, after they made the film, the dog was so fond of Charlie Chaplin that um, Chaplin had gone off on a tour to sell war bonds. And Mutt, the dog, was left behind and stopped eating um, because he missed Chaplin so much. And they said he died of a broken heart because he couldn't eat. So that might be Hollywood lore. Let's, we could pretend that Mutt lived a long, happy life. I want to imagine Toto lived a long, happy life, too. Can I do that? Toto from The Wizard of Oz, he was a Karen Terrier uh, named Terry, and he has such a big part of that movie. They wouldn't have gotten to Oz without Toto. There wouldn't be the Over the Rainbow serenade. She couldn't get home without Toto. So Toto's just really integral to this story, maybe even more than we think about for the plot. So imagine how nervous the producers must have been when there was a little mishap during filming. He hurt his little paw one day on the set. He was fine, but he had to recuperate for a week or two. So Judy Garland took him home, took Terry home to recuperate at her house. I doubt she would have done that for like the lighting guy. (laughs) What do you think? My my money's on the Tin Man. I think the Tin Man stepped on his paw. I think maybe the scarecrow, or maybe the flying monkey. <laughs> well, okay, any and all of them would make Pepper bark if I watched that or any of the dog movies we talked about today. In Hollywood, Mr. Rooney, we create. We create not only pictures, but actors and actresses as well. We create and uh, and mold them. We even try to mold hoofers. <laughs> well, Wendy did have some thoughts on how to deal with dogs at home who are barking at the dogs on the silver screen or the 4k screen here's her advice maybe try out your dog watching somewhere over the rainbow and dorothy serenading toto and see if they like it (laughs) well i want to thank you for bringing dog edition along with you today on your walk we will be back with another episode but chances are that you and your dog will be taking a walk between now and next time so we have something for you to listen to in the meanwhile if you're interested in hearing more from some of our guests please check out dpn's sister show the long leash this week you can hear my extended conversation with wendy mitchell and take dog edition along on your dog walk next week we'll meet mark bomback screenwriter for the movie the art of racing in the rain another dog movie there's a theme here i think the movie in many ways is fundamentally about how do we navigate loss You know, non-dog people still love that book. And I think it's a lot about just, it's a hopeful book about losing things. We'll also be keeping our eye on the weather forecast and tracking our Ben and Jerry's doggy dessert delivery. Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers by dog lovers. And that means we want to hear from you. You can check the show notes for links and information on how to reach us, including our old school recorded listener line where you can call in to share your dog stories with us. Or if you want to leave us a message, you can go to our website, dogedition.com, and click on that little blue microphone in the bottom right-hand side of any page and leave a voice message for us there. This week, we really want to know this question. What's the one treat that your dog absolutely loves? What's your dog's favorite treat? Hmm, Okay, well, for Fudgy, it's definitely chicken, but really she'll eat anything. And for Pepper, it's (laughs) baby carrots. He loves them. How about your dogs? Well, 
Should I say doggy desserts? We don't know. We'll we'll find out next week. But we really do want to hear from you, our listener. Give us a call and let us know what is that one treat that your dog really loves. And uh, maybe there'll be a special prize for you. Call 866-TALK-DOG. 866-TALK-DOG. Visit our network website at dogpodcastnetwork.com and learn about our 101 Dog Stories contest with over $15,000 in prize money. And join our pack. Be sure to subscribe to Dog Edition and tell a friend about the show. I'm Pamela Lawrence, and I'll see you at the dog park. I'm James Jacobson, and I want to thank you for listening today. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.